It's the house of decline. It's the house of decline. It's the secondary theme song. It's the secondary theme song that you never heard before. To house of decline. Yeah. Yeah. Not to plug another pod, but have you guys ever listened to the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast? No, what's the No Such Thing as a Fish podcast? It's the QI researchers that basically just go over facts that they can, they don't have enough time to do in the show, and it's just oh. like a bunch of random trivia. British mm-hmm. trivia show QI? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And it's a bunch of well-meaning and, British nerds? Yeah, it's great, but you know the reason I bring it up is because the theme song you wrote for this sounds eerily similar to the theme song they have for their podcast. <laughs> Oh, there you go. We'll be podcast theme song generators. Wait, our our first theme song or our secondary theme song? Secondary. The first theme song. The okay. one that plays at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I one. see. Well, you know, the, uh, what is... I, I feel like there's this whole genre of podcasts. Uh, podcasts in general have terrible theme musics. I never under... Like, the theme music to Champagne Sharks is terrible. The mm. Struggle Session is terrible. Uh, QAnon Anonymous is uh, that one's kind of cool. Matt Taibbi's podcast has great theme music. Oh, the Chapo theme music is terrible, but it gets in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I would like out of all of the podcasters, I would trust Matt Taibbi to make me a mixtape the most. Yeah, <laughs> lame, lame. I, I like him. He's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, to- his podcast is fine. Yeah. In the whole podcast ether out there, everyone's just listening to each other. Uh, the voice you're hearing, who is not me or Steven, is Jay. Uh, House okay. of Decline special guest Jay. How you doing, Hey, Jay? first time, long time. Yeah. We have you on today to talk about just anything, but uh, there are some issues specific to Canada, yep. uh, which have come up recently, and Jay is another fellow Canadian uh, that I want to talk about, because um, the some lobster things have come about to the twin lobster signs one is uh, a lynch mob and the other is the return of jordan hypothetically <laughs> well and the, the the true synthesis of both is that jordan peterson has famously now come out on you know has uh, taken a position on the lobster issue at has, back east has he taken oh, a position God. on the lobster issue yes the lobster what man has position? taken he, he, he supports the, the terrorist, the white supremacist terrorism, shockingly. Oh, oh my has. God. What's, but oh, the of fuck, that, that was like, I, that was his one thing is that he was like friends with a bunch of lax qualms Indians and had like a bunch of, uh, I shouldn't say Indians, forgive me, uh, First Nations peoples. And um, he had totems in the background of his, to- totem pole imagery in the background of his videos all the time. And he always appropriated their shit. And he would say, like, I have been inducted into this tribe of so-and-so. And Yeah, but uh, wasn't the story that he basically just paid them to, like, get, like, a special status that said he got to call himself a white boy Indian? I guess so. Uh, so there's a lot to unpack here with the Twin Lobsters. Uh, let's first start with the lobster controversy. Jay, do you want to leave? I imagine you're, like, you're better... You're better at regaling than I am with this. Uh, what 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 is the Micmac Micmac uh, lobster controversy in Nova Scotia? Okay, and so I'm not you know this is not you know my particular area of expertise, but it is something I've been following. Um, so I'll do my best, but you know please you know take it with a little grain of salt. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> basically, um, there is like like all other you know. Uh, <clears throat> animal hunting stuff there's a season for it and uh there is you know lobster season where the commercial lobster people can go out and 
get all the lobster that people eat uh, in the Atlantic. And uh, because of treaty rights and kind of the way, you know, a lot of treaty rights work in Canada with the indigenous people, um, they're basically, you know, those uh, those seasons are don't count for uh, titled uh, the Mi'kmaq because they use that as like their sustenance. They tend to be smaller fishermen. They're getting stuff for their family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're allowed, you know, and they, they farm in much smaller numbers than mm-hmm. the commercial fisheries. And also, yeah, um, legally, it's sort of a mess, right? Because it's like a bunch of treaty rights versus competing like federal uh, federal proclamations on whether or not they have a right to fish earlier in the year. No, I mean, there's not a lot of ambiguity on this. Like they, they because the federal government is kind of uh, their position is generally that they uh, are in, they will uphold treaty rights, uh, even if they're, you know, provincially mandated. Uh, and so it's not like there is real no ambi- ambiguity about what the legal status of yeah. uh, the Mi'kmaq fishermen are. I mean, are. the federal uh, government, uh, the asterisk to that is they will uphold treaty rights as much as practicable. <laughs> sure. Uh, practical, they're, doing a lot of work there. Uh, yeah, but, they're not uh, great. No. Uh, but I, it's not like it's not like the federal government is more taking a position of indifference rather than, you know, having some sort of competing claim. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, long story short. So, uh, sorry, for to, because this is the actual exciting part, is that mm-hmm. uh, the white fishermen have started uh, terrorizing the indigenous populations. Uh, they have been... Uh, setting uh, fire to buildings where they uh, store their lobster. They have been fire bombs on uh, people's cars. Uh, there's just been a like literally just fire everywhere uh, to the point that they're actually uh, burning down white-owned buildings that uh, you know allow uh, indigenous people to store their uh, lobster so that it doesn't go bad. Some pretty uh, intense lynch mobbing is what you're saying. Intense to and the, the big thing going back to the federal government is is that the RCMP, which is our uh, our FBI, uh, they've been you know they're basically they've been on record saying that this is like a, a community issue. This isn't a federal police issue, uh, which I can't imagine you know multiple burning buildings you know being firebombed would not be a, considered a federal crime. Uh, I mean, but, especially you know, yeah, I'm not the lawyer. If- yeah, I don't. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. I'm. I'm literally not a lawyer. I just got my suspension notice the other day. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, so, uh, but uh, if you really do look at indigenous peoples as sovereign nations, it does you know make sense that it, it is federal issue because it's an issue between a local Canadian population and another nation that just happens to be situated and happens to get meager benefits from the government because of treaty rights that are barely acknowledged. It's a weird fucked up situation. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, dude. But yeah. yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, not too far from, you know, I'm further east than uh, Alex is in Canada. And it's amazing how this is just, so many people have no idea, or you would think if there was regular acts of terrorism, you know, in your backyard, you would at least, you know, come up. Yeah. So it seems that the white lynch mobs are justifying themselves by saying that they're, they're protecting the lobsters from being overfished in the off season, yes. even though this indigenous tribe could hardly make a dent in the lobster population based yeah. on their actual numbers. 
I think well, like you you can see it like the statistic of it. It's like three hundred uh, Mi'kmaq lobster traps to like three hundred thousand white mm-hmm. commercial fisheries. And I I might be exaggerating, but I think it literally is like <laughs> it's like one a teensy like one percent of the amount. So, so then there's really also been it. some. So the the white fishermen, their argument is not only that they're over, it's not that they're overfishing particularly. Uh, What their argument is, is that, uh, which I think is wrong, uh, that the reason for the seasons is that uh, it's for, to allow the lobsters to gestate. And so there's a lot of pregnant lobsters at that period of time. And their argument is that if even their small level of fishing is ruining the sort of life cycle, like uh, of, you know, the overall uh, ecostructure there. Uh, but some investigative reporting has shown that, you know, and so they say, you know, they burned down the storage facility for the lobsters and they say, well, they had all of these pregnant lobsters in there and they're not allowed to have those. And that's illegal no matter what. The uh, lobster trafficking, the mm. lobster child trafficking. Yeah, that's, makes uh, sense that's why uh, Jordan Peterson is uh, has picked that side because he's always. <laughs> yeah, he's got to protect on. the lady lobsters. Yeah, the lady lobsters are pregnant. They are the lobsters of chaos. <laughs> Uh, they truly are the lobsters of chaos, though, you know. Not the, It's not the lobster's fault. It's its the white people's fault. It is. Well, and that, just to finish my point is that, so it turns, you know, they burned down this guy's storage facility, and he was, you know, white owner. He has stuff for the white commercial people. He also has stuff for the indigenous people. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people locally have been trying to stay neutral on it. And uh, some investigative reporting and a lot of these people say that actually it's the commercial fishermen who are actually bringing in all of these pregnant lobsters <clears throat> and the fact that they exist on the facility does not mean they were brought in by the Mi'kmaq because mm. 90% of those facilities are actually storing for commercial fishermen. So they're really just grasping at straws because they're jealous that the Mi'kmaq can fish they, and they want to fish? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's I don't think or it's a it real race, grievance. Or is it actual race hatred? Just totally Yeah, I think boring. it's actual race hatred. Okay, cool. Mm. All right, so That's my classic one of that. Classic one of those. Uh, but yeah, you do see pictures of like the, the fucking like people that look like they're trying to hunt Frankenstein, but they're just hunting a guy named Joe and he fishes for lobster for his family and it's very strange oh these these fucking cigar chomping Mi'kmaq CEO lobster men I'm sorry I'm channeling Bill Burr in order to oh my god these rich oh no Johnny Mi'kmaq he's gonna fuck us all with his big capitalist lobster dick if we let him get an inch you know they're gonna it's big Mi'kmaq lobster yeah well, that I'm the crusher crop I'm reading the New York Times uh, comments, and of course, the top comments are like, the real villain in this story is, of course, climate change, (laughs) which is driving the lobsters north further and further. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) The real villain is Red Lobster, which promises cheap lobster to people, despite (laughs) the massive... uh, Actually, I don't know. What is the environmental impact of lobster aid? Is it more or less than regular fisheries? Okay. I have no idea. We have to no get our one... fish expert on. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, Dan, that was our last fish week. expert for yeah. lobster. <laughs> there you go. Um, so the other part of the so we have a lynch mob. The other part of this is the return of the lobster man himself, Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. um, and. He is associated with lobsters because in 12 Rules for Life, he articulates that uh, 
lobster lobsters I may I've only heard this information third hand but I think his his argument is that lobster hierarchy is brutal and sort of masculine and violent and it reproduces itself in uh, in uh, human society so you know we can draw a direct line from the alpha lobsters search for dominance into our own life and to become that alpha lobster and to take you know what is owed to you and to you know uh, be a big dick boss um and so he became associated with lobsters in a way that um has forever uh colored his opinion at least when people on the left want to talk about him because it's like oh the lobster it is ridiculous it is funny that he is now associated with this screwy mud bug. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea yeah. that he had this whole theory that based on lobsters and serotonin. This is really Yeah, nuts. I mean, he's a total hack. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a true... <clears throat> I, I've been on the Peterson watch, I think, a little earlier than mm -hmm. uh, most people did because I had a uh, severely mentally unwell, drug-addicted friend who discovered him way at the early times, and I had to try to don't don't get indoctrinated by this man uh you very very vulnerable uh white person uh and so i've kind of been kind of confronting his his ideas and kind of seeing him uh get increasingly more uh insane and i, I you know i think there's really only two positions on jordan peterson you either have to believe he's incredibly stupid or that he's a charlatan and i truly don't believe he's incredibly stupid uh and i think frankly the fact that you know a clinical psychologist knows how to, you know, manipulate, you know, sensitive, weak people is not, uh, you know, something that should be surprising. Uh, but I do, I think, you know, I do, you know, I don't sit there and think that Jordan Peterson is sitting at home writing a dissertation on lobsters and serotonin. I do believe that he knows that if he puts a doctor on the front of his book and he runs his, uh, you know, particularly his book for dum-dums, uh, <laughs> that they will be like, yeah, lobsters, they're expensive. There you go. I'm just like <laughs> one of those guys. I got big claws and I got antenna and a thresher mouth. Okay, so you say stupid charlatan, but what about third option, which I think, I, I genuinely believe he might be actually delusional and like think of himself mm. as like a living god. I think that might have happened, but that's not how it started. <laughs> it started with him, like, just noticing that a lot of sad white boys were coming to his office and being like, hey, hey, wait a second here. <laughs> There's a market for this. Well, will, will he stall, start a cult? Because I was expecting him to kind of go in the direction of attracting followers to come, like, maybe live in a compound. But it seems like he hasn't done that yet. And I'm hoping, against hope, that he still does. Is I feel there... like that's more his daughter's project. Mm. Mm. You know, like he's like he's still like I want that cushy tenure. Like I, I can't, you know, I want to I want to make my 150 grand a year with benefits for the rest of my life. Like I don't think he's really going to go there. But she seems like the one who's willing to take the brand into Nexium territory. Nice. It's it's, it's funny. I was just thinking about has a popular psychologist ever transitioned into like bland self-help meandering and it like it made me think of Anna Freud and Edward Bernays um and how like whether you like Sigmund Freud or not that shit is foundational to everything you can't escape it 
you read any philosophy from Nick Land to Foucault to everyone, it's like they're all referencing Freud because yeah, all the philosophers, Nick Land and Foucault. <laughs> That's all, all right. of them. That's <laughs> the all rest of them. philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but. I don't know, Jay, you know about philosophy. You know, everyone talks about uh, Freud, right? You know, it's not, I'm not crazy, right? No, I mean, granted, I'm the wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, Euro guys. I'm also a Freudianly trained, so that's not, mm -hmm. uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask. Uh, and I, I, I definitely have at least two hours of content on why Anna Freud was the worst and ruined psychology in America for a generation. Mm. Uh, I, let's, okay, let's spin out on this and let's let's draw some parallels to old daddy Jordan. You know, let's uh, talk about well, no, Anna but Freud. That's not, because it's not about, Jordan is, Anna Freud was a, a fucking monster. But the <laughs> thing is, is Jordan Peterson is a Jungian and Jungian, Jung, Jungian is fash. All Jung is fash. That's, so Anna Freud wasn't fash. She was neoliberal, but like, you know, when you go to the Jung, that's when you get into the weird, you know, cosmic hierarchy, sex, yeah, you know logic. the Cronenberg movie where Michael Fassbender is whipping Kira Knightley? That's young. That's young, That's young. baby. <laughs> That's what <Yeah>. they want. <laughs> I watched the hell out of that movie. That movie's that movie a dangerous kicks method. ass. For, yeah, dangerous method. Kira Knightley is a really good actor. It turns out she's just in terrible things constantly. Uh, yeah, she's really then, great in that uh, movie. She's doing all this jaw work in that movie. She's doing exceptional <laughs> jaw work in a dangerous method. Clenching of the jaw. Just yeah, she's going to, yeah, I'm having, I'm having the womanly humors. Uh, the, the womanly humors. Yeah, imagine human. putting that jaw on uh, Fassbender's giant dong. It's a oh dangerous combination. It, it, pretty toothy beach. But I imagine like Fassbender's dong is like mostly pus, which is why it's so big. Just has a lot oh. of gonorrhea in it. It's just, oh. uh, it's pus filled dick. Oh. His dick pussy. Well, his There's also, pussy. like, you ever see those guys who inject, like, their penis with silicone? Yeah, yeah that's, just, look... that's just lit. Yeah, that's, It never that's... looks right. It's always lumpy. No, it always looks <laughs> like those those slippery <laughs> toys from the 90s. You know those slippery junk toys in the 90s mm -hmm. that you got at, like, dollar stores? Mm -hmm. um, that was, like, a water-filled balloon tube? Where <laughs> yes, the novelty I think that's the first thing it? I ever masturbated with. Yes, they were they were old fleshlights. They were they yeah. were rudimentary fleshlights. Um, so Anna Freud, uh, what Anna what Freud. do you what, how was she a monster? Like, uh, so, uh, oh okay. So the thing is, is the whole listen takes. You know, I I've been studying Freud most of my adult life. I also I'm not like I don't consider myself a Freudian. I'm not like we all need to go back to fuck our mothers. Um, <laughs> but what I you know I have you know read the material and kind of know the history of it. And for better or worse about Freud and psychoanalysis, what it wasn't ever supposed to be was what it became in America, uh, which was basically, you know, the, all the Woody Allen jokes where it's somebody who just sits there and, you know, tells you that you're gay because your mom loved you too much and like, but it's, you know, it's, it's fine. Like you're just, just keep coming for 20 years. I'm not going to say you're not going to be gay. I'm just going to tell you why your mom made you gay. Uh, and sort of that repetitive, very unhelpful, uh, very much about like the conformist approach to psychoanalysis, uh, which really was the dominant form of mental uh, health treatment in uh, the United States for a long time. And that is really, I mean, it's a cliche of Freud, but that really is Anna Freud's uh, uh, contribution where she took, you know, the, the thing about psychoanalysis is, is it's 
very, you know, it's difficult. It's soul searching. It's, uh, you know, you're spent, you're supposed to spend hours and you're supposed to get, getting to the, you know, the unconscious nature of reality. Whereas what she kind of rebranded it as, uh, which an American audience was very much willing to absorb was, uh, okay, just come here and for, you know, five easy payments of fifty nine ninety five, you know, we could make you not want to fuck your dad anymore. And uh, kind of turned, industrialized it, capitalized it. Uh, uh, and that's sort of why, you know, for instance, in, in France, the, the way, if you went to a psychotherapist in France today, it would be entirely different because their relationship to, uh, they never had an Anna Freud moment. Uh, they uh, had their own we terrible are doing, moment. Uh, CBT. We are doing our DBT. <laughs> and uh, we are doing uh, talk therapy, uh, you know, and uh, that is. <laughs> yeah, at least Lacan fucked most of his patients. Yeah, uh, that's a way. That's a way better form of therapy. Than... <laughs> Man, Lacan is Laconsult. Laconsult for sure. That's no, he was bit... the best. He would be like sit there and have, sometimes his sessions would be two hours long, and sometimes he'd be bored after ten minutes, and he'd be like, "Nah, you're done. I'll see you next week." Perhaps the thing that could fill up the emptiness inside you is uh, my pipi, huh? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, tying back, you know, the Edward Bernays, as somebody brought up earlier, I think yeah. through sort of Anna Freud's influence in the States was why he was able to kind of take that and then turn that into marketing. Yeah. And this endless cycle of self-improvement where you're never done or you're never good enough and you're always aspiring to be more successful or more unified with yourself. Um, and it just never comes because it's always a carrot uh, dangling at the end of a stick that's tied to your back by your, your therapist. I'm not, okay, no, I'm not saying... Therapy isn't bad. Go to therapy if you're, like, feeling suicidal or you need, you need to... You're having a real mental block, but I think the idea that you should be in therapy forever is what you're saying. That is right. the invention of Anna Freud, and that is sort of still mostly practiced today, and that's what's sort of insidious about uh, an endlessly capitalistly, capitalistically reproducing mental health industry. The only thing I'll add to that is that it's not only that, you know, I think one of the brilliant insights of Freud is that, you know, it, and it's a very anti-Christian you know, Christian sort of standpoint, right, which is that we are not... We are not pure. There is no. There is no redemption. That is sort of the the you know the good thing and the bad thing about Freud is that we are all broken. We are all a product of our environment. We all have you know we have free will, but it is much more limited than you know a lot of other myths that exist about free will. And part of therapy is not you know becoming better or becoming your true self or becoming actualized. It's about realizing that we're in a fundamental tension with the world and culture and nature and that sucks and it's just hard to deal with sometimes. What mm. Anna Freud really did was, I will make you better. There is a there is a better, it is a clinical solution and it also happens that you're a better worker and you're a better nuclear family man and you're more heterosexual and we will get you to that end goal. Freud never believed that that existed. Mm. Yeah, that seems pretty, that seems pretty not, not great. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to check out her Wikipedia page. Um, uh, Anna I've Freud, really, big titty really bitch, Anna of, Freud. All I've really heard about her is like that stuff in the Adam Curtis documentary in regards to Bernays, which um, seemed a little tenuous to me. But it is funny how crazy of a relationship with her father 
she had and then ended up being really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, she's, she's OG fail child. Right. Uh, will Michaela Peterson become the Anna Freud of yeah. the Peterson method? Uh, this only is my time. hypothesis. Uh, so, uh, if Jordan Peterson is not a Sigmund Freud, though, he... I don't think he... His method is more like it pays more lip service to self-reliance than that method of Anna Freud. So it's less insidious in that respect because where Jordan Peterson wants to bilk you out of your money, you only have to buy his book once, you know, and then you the rest you can watch his obtuse, uh, mentally scarring YouTube lectures for free constantly. <laughs> so uh, that's one aspect of Jordan Peterson, which I, I think is makes him better than Anna Freud, or at least just different in a way not as bad as Anna Freud. Uh, but the problem with him is he's laund- Anna Freud didn't really launder as much white supremacy into her work right. as Jordan Peterson did. So that's yeah, the shockingly, opposite Shockingly, the side. German Jew who lived through the Holocaust did not suddenly turn herself towards white supremacy. But that's always, that is always the paradox of conservative media. You know, they know the value of giving the information away for free. That's why, you know, the Daily Wire doesn't have any, like, you have to, oh, you only have 10 articles left on the Daily Wire. Breitbart doesn't have, oh, you don't only have 10 yeah. articles left on Breitbart. That's you interesting. Know? I haven't, yeah. I've got, I haven't put that together, but yeah, most of like the more, the more left leaning publications or center even center left are paywalled up mm-hmm. uh, media is the most important loss leader in the world why and, would they do you think uh, they republicans do understand that, that but uh well, liberals think th- that they need to cover their ass economically right like they're basically mm-hmm. making all of their revenue you know these left-leaning center-leaning things on you know advertising and subscription uh whereas these right-wing publications they don't they don't need to they're not invented to generate any kind of money they have you have these large endowments from you know your Koch brothers or your other you know ideological trillionaires and they just say yeah no i'm gonna put you know 50 million dollars in trust pay you know whoever to write bullshit and and we're running it as a loss and i'll write it off Mm. uh that's not how other news publications operate yeah the fact that the brain pills uh, eventually start paying for themselves, you know? Mm. That's just that's just icing on the kick. Uh, Frickin', yeah, and I think that's, that is what sort of, um, I wish Soros was real, or I wish the idea of Soros, where there was, like, a financial backer on the same level as um, the Koch brothers or someone like that, that really had a yen to eradicate the capitalist status quo i uh, that would be and and he was you know like funding all of these you know leftist media <coughs> loss leaders uh yeah like if that Lula was actually exist. as corrupt as they said then he could actually oh fund God. all of our left-wing publications can you imagine if like lula was corrupt i would love it <laughs> Oh, there have been weird takes about Bolivia, and I just don't understand it. Is is Moss actually capitalism's or what? Are they good? I, like <laughs> like the the weirdo um, holier than thou leftists on Twitter are, think that Bolivia in Moss is bullshit, and then the the more you know run of the mill 
socialist people I follow are in favor of the Bolivia people. I, I just don't. I just did. Why do, why do they radar. not like Moss? What's I don't know. Like Amy Therese doesn't like <laughs> Moss. And I just can't, underst- I can't understand why. Seems good. Amy Therese just has has made her career being the Armand White of leftists. Someone, the best reply was like, "It's just that Australians hate it when Indigenous people win." What? <laughs> that was why she what? doesn't like Moss. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think there's you know, problem is is the whole idea of like the left is a little bit all scatterbrainy. Like the left yeah. is also like, you know, I think a lot of the people who don't like Moss are either like just the super like basically marxist death cult people who are like if we do not have a violent if 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 whatever you propose is not a violent revolution it is not politically viable Mm -hmm. uh and then there's the other side which is like the people who are like like so you know narrow-mindedly ecological that they don't like that uh moss is moving towards more industrialization and like they're not you know and part of coming out of you know a history of colonialism and poverty is that you need to sometimes make some pollution so that people can have houses and cars and live decent and have like heat and air conditioning and those kinds of things and yeah not nearly as much as pollution as you know we generate (laughs) but uh you know any any by the i mean it's always about demonizing people in the southern hemisphere right you know uh, fuck all these kids having children in Africa. They're uh, overpopulation, you know. Fuck all these Africans trying to industrialize. They're making there's too many of them because they overpopulated and now they're polluting. You know, you can't fucking win if you're in a third world nation. There's no way out. You're always gonna be inconveniencing the white people that took everything already. It's like I'm sorry. Now yeah, I'm sorry you, don't you get took to have, everything. You don't get to have air conditioning. Sorry, we ruined it for you. But we yeah, can still have air conditioning. Also- it's it's this doubling up of like even though these really well-meaning lefty super progressive woke types like part of it is actually you know a, a kind of a colonial mindset too which is like you know a lot of people especially eco leftists you know had a big hard on for the fact that this was you know the first major indigenous government uh really in latin america to you know persist and succeed and but then that also came with them that their prejudices of why they quote unquote like indigenous people is because they're like no they're they're Pocahontas. They paint with all the colors of the wind. They would never want to build a transnational highway that would, you know, allow people to get out of subsistent wage, you know, uh, situations. No, they're they're supposed to be the ones that we imagine in our head are these perfect angels attached to the earth. You know, all of the yeah. kind of prejudices that have followed indigenous people for, you know, the entire history of colonialism. So you even see that being redoubled in, all, in some of the leftist critiques. Yeah, Rousseau would have something to say about that. The old cat Rousseau the and his cat. and his main theory that I shall not repeat because it is it's pretty bad when you think about it. He's, he's kind of romanticizes the, the yeah. like native people, right? The noble S word. The ah, noble yes. Randy Savage. Yeah. I exist in a state of nature, brother. Oh, I'm the cream of the crop. I'm the best guy. I worship a wheat god, brother. That's why I'm the cream of the crop. <laughs> Look at me and my family. We all wear loincloths and we wrestle in the field, brother. 
Yeah, so that's Noble Randy Savage classic House of Decline. Character. I mean, hey, that's foundation. Most people, most in Western people would argue that Rousseau is foundational to the Western idea of socialism. I mean, I think that image of like a person in touch with nature um, and, you know, it is sort of foundational to the image of communism in a way. You know, a lot of the images of communism or like a functional sort of even Jeffersonian society was based on not which wasn't communism in any respect, but was sort of, you know, more communitarian than say the hamiltonian yeah. view of oh, yeah. you know ultra capitalism and kings yeah I'm right uh, it's up all based right on now. farming you know everyone is yeoman farmers you know that's sort of like oh communism's great everyone will have their own fucking farm and it's walden and you know it's uh and yeah there's just something about that which gets pent up in this image of socialism where the idea of an urban industrial socialist or the idea of uh, an indigenous person who is in the modern world uh, is uh, is revolting to white people, which is why the X Men character Forge is subversive and amazing. Yeah, you you would. Uh, there was a quote in the a Hamilton book I'm reading from a, from one of these sort of agricultural or agrarian farmer types um, saying he would you would he would you would neither see him going into a house of ill repute, i.e., a brothel. Um, no more than he would go into a bank. And they would often even say that banks are prostituting money out. That's what banks are doing. Money whores. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, can't get no whores without no money. There you go. Yeah. No ho without mo blow, which no. you get with mo dollar. No okay, mo dough, mo blow. Without no, mo dough. Oh, no, mo blow. No, no dough, no ho. No ho, no without no dough. No ho no, do mo dodo. This is bad. We've all been <laughs> we've all been doing mawkish a a v e. No, it's not. It's not that. That's not what it was, and you can't cancel us for it. Is we're we're doing cancel. No, I might as well just I might as well just uh, lean into it and do my. <laughs> no, you uh, shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> you really. That's never might a good well sign. Just lean Alex. into it, you know. <laughs> what am I making it Cheryl worse? Sandberg, lean into the a a v e. I do. There are some black celebrities that you can do, like Cosby. Everyone can do a Cosby impersonation. Cause it's fine because he's black people don't want ownership of Bill Cosby anymore. But so. you can do uh, Obama. Everyone can do Obama, but that's because he sounds, uh, you know, <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> some somebody paid five million dollars to train him to speak that way. Yeah, but there's a difference. That is between... a completely manufactured voice for mm -hmm. only Barack yeah. Obama. It is the new uh, Atlantic. You know how everyone talked like this in the 1940s because that was just the the conglomeration of all the accents in America, mm -hmm. just together. Um, <laughs> and then Obama found the new one, which is a uh, you take this, you take a little bit of uh, Texas, uh, a drawl, and you find people with a halting tone have a good rhythm about it. Like, see, this is what Joe Biden is constantly attempting, but he can't do it anymore because he's strokey. He's, wow. Oh, he's stroking. Yeah, he's strokey. What is he stroking? He's stroking. He's stroke a race. Oh. Okay. What's been? I've, I've been. All this Hunter Biden sex tape stuff is like going on in the ether. But Twitter and Facebook have been censoring it so much, and I don't really have the energy to find out more. But apparently, yeah. some Chinese uh, media site is putting out some naughty, t naughty tapes of Hunter. Some Biden. naughty hunters. Yeah. 
Does he have a big hunter? Uh, apparently, and I, I kind of just don't care. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really I mean, care either. I would definitely, if I, if I, if I, if it wasn't like weird and like unconsensual and like leaked, like I, I would be curious to see what Hunter Biden's dog yeah. looks like. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, it's like, why people don't care is because Hunter's hot. Like, everyone thinks, everyone imagines a sex tape with him. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Now, if a sex tape with Don Jr. leaked, uh, or... Yeah, that um, I wouldn't want to watch. The Don yeah, Jr. Aubrey O'Day sex tape. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, it's also, like, it's it's just such a non-story, right? It's, you know, it's like, guy who's known for internationally abusing drugs and availing themselves of sex workers has a secret sex tape like yeah. that you know it's, i remember i read an article it was probably four or five years ago but it was like i was like they, they should not hire reporters anymore and it was like toronto star paper of record and it was like the article was Ai Weiwei discovers that his studio has been uh, bugged by the chinese government and i'm like no the story this is not a new story unless Ai Weiwei discovers his studio has not been bugged by the Chinese government. No. <laughs> that is, that would be the thing where I'm right. like, oh, he tore it apart. No bugs. That's news. Mm. Like, yeah, oh, this... political dissident locked in China, probably tapped. Hunter yeah, Biden story, probably has a sex tape. This story, I mean, the whole overarching story, like that, that Joe is trying to help out his fuck up son by getting him a cushy job somewhere. Like, that's nice. I would, I would expect Joe to do that. Um, the fact that he was, you know, helping Burisma basically steal oil contracts, like that's, you know, par for the course. He wasn't really helping. He was just, you know, as Taibi put it, um, providing sort of soft cover <laughs> as, as uh, having, as Burisma will have a, a, an American backer so that other banks don't go after it to reclaim these oil contracts that they've taken. It's it's pretty bargain basement corruption and trump's done yeah, the exact some pretty same stuff. level corruption yeah trump's done the exact same <laughs> stuff with his his children he's got some kind of secret bank account in china and um ivanka practically speaks chinese by now so it's i mean i just it's, uh, give, give me some I emails Chinese with some bank content. account yeah. They call me Beijing Barry. You see, <laughs> you, you see that? Uh, if I had a Chinese bank account, they call me Obama Odango. Odango being the uh, bullhorns that uh, Chun Li wears. I like Street Fighter. I play oh, Chun Li. Yeah, do ra racist Chinese Obama. <laughs> racist Chinese? No. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, President Xi, Tiananmen Square, never happened. Fake news. Yeah, I think that's about as far as you can go yeah. on that one. Like, do the Trump people like I guess this is a question I really don't understand. Like, do they think that, you know, you know, the thing that makes me laugh is like Trump is like, he loves his son. Everyone must hate him. I'm like, no, most people like their kids. Uh, so I don't know if it's his own delusion or if it's just that, you know what, he's always been campaigning to the same 20 percent of the population. Uh, that's really, you know, and they will just take everything hook, line, and sinker? Or is he really, is there someone on the team who is like, yeah, Biden's gay for his son. We'll mm. exploit this. You know, yeah. I don't know. You're, I've never lived in the States, so you guys have more I think they're hoping, there. no, I, I think I know what it is. I think they're trying to do another, they're just trying to do another Hillary. They think um, yeah. the, the bad will from Hillary transfers over to Biden, but it doesn't. 
because she was like a unique avatar of neoliberal fecklessness and hypocrisy. Whereas Biden is like identifiably human. That's that's always been his ace in the hole. He's been a terrible governor. He's been a legislator, but he's not like a lizard person. He's just like a nice human that got in the thrall of the lizard people and just was yeah. like, oh, these guys are great. You know, uh, they provided a lot for me. <laughs> you know? That's why I think that Trump's going to lose, because because beating up an old man is a lot is not a good look. But, you know, beating up the, the totem of all evil makes you seem like you are a superhero. Yeah, that's that's what 2016 was. He was going up against the deep state. Now he's kind of just beating up a sad old man. And yeah. And it's hard to, I mean, unless you're a Q person, like you can't, you don't get really any deeper into the state than you do in the presidency, right? Like you right. can't, can't really run the government and also be anti-government. And, you know, especially like I'm going to drain the swamp. Well, you didn't. So, you know, there's just a lot like for whatever percent of the population that wasn't just pure mega chuds that said, hey, let's vote for chaos. Like, I don't think that vote is in the... No, the chaos vote's not in it anymore. The spite vote's not in it anymore. Actually, the spite vote might still be in it. Forget uh, the the spite vote's always in play. Yeah, there's going to be some spite vote, some angry, uh, a lot of angry Bernie people are going to do a spite vote. Um, You think Bernie people are going to, I think Bernie people will just stay home. Yeah. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll vote for Trump. Well, I, I stayed home. I still voted. Hey! Whoa! Ballot. It's a ballot joke. It's a mail ballot joke. Hey, the mail-in ballots got us a socialist majority in British Columbia. But that's Canada. We're not talking about Canada anymore. We're talking about America, because America's worse. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's talk about Germany for a second, because there's this new Netflix show called Barbarians that I've started watching. Okay. And you brought up German show. You brought up yes, it is German. It's in the it's it's. It's in German and Latin, so it's set in 9 AD, and it's about Arminius, the German folk hero from 9 AD who led German tribes to defeat the Roman Empire at the Battle of the Forest of Teutoburg Forest. And you were mentioning how Jung is a fascist, so I was trying to quickly look up, and as I suspect it, Jung has the, the the connection with Jung and fascism comes with German like mythology and folk psychology and like the blood and soil like pagan stuff from early German history that was repressed post World War II and it, this yeah. show Barbarians is interesting because it is German and you know on the two the the two, in two thousand and nine. The 2,000-year anniversary of the Battle of Teutoburg Forest, it was a, they did not celebrate it in Germany. They were, they were like, repressing it. Um, but now, I don't know, 11 years later, we have a German production that is painting these barbarians in a very good light. I say barbarians, but, you know. Bar, 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 bar. That sounds, like, right up my alley. Is it, like, does it have, like, that whole, like, John Milius' Rome feel to it? It's a, it's good. It It is good. Okay. I like it a lot. Um, it has, what, to me, it's like Vi- the show Vikings, um, which I liked what, a lot. Look, the, you're saying these German TV execs, look, 
the Nazi audience is a lot bigger now. They can get away with this where we couldn't before. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are not as many people. Will, people, If people protest this, a bunch of these secret Nazis will come out on Twitter and say, oh, you know, free speech, cancel culture. Do not cancel the beautiful, uh, the beautiful man who is the head barbarian. Who is the no, head now they're just going to weaponize the AFD to just go fucking invade Italy or something. Get them out of the way. <laughs> That's why they're putting this on the TV. They're like, yeah, yeah, go to Italy. You could you do it again. Right. I think it's going to be a big hit with the German right, which has risen lately in the past five years. Uh, AFD, mm -hmm. the whole the Q movement is the biggest Q movement outside of America is in Germany. Um, yeah, you know. it wasn't like one of the recent Berlin Q. It, it has the, the, mo the biggest Q celebration was in Berlin recently, like 32,000 people or something like that. I'm wondering when Q is going to, because Q in America is sort of evangelical. Be interesting if Q in Germany goes like the, the sort of the neo-pagan route and they start talking <laughs> about Wodan. <laughs> yeah, but then some German guy is going to ruin it by like uh, nailing the 98 theses of Q to the wall. Uh. The oh, the Q schism. Yeah, yeah the Q, here for it's the Q schism. Happen. Yeah, because there's too many Q indulgences. Like you can get away with a little pedophilia if you get an indulgence from Q. A Q you know, schism you can get is, away with little. A Q schism may be a really interesting way of trying, if they get too powerful, of trying to um, fracture the community. That would be actually a good tactic. I I I think uh, yeah, there are there are noticeable. If you want to fight Q, there are noticeable fractures in the community. Mm. Because there are, it's there's a lot of church moms in it that are like, oh, I don't like child trafficking, and uh, that's how they get in it. And they they watch a bunch of YouTube videos by people with credible sounding voices, and they don't know how to, they don't know internet literacy. You know, get off their back. They don't have time. You know, and that's the insidiousness of Q. Is it's like proven able where PizzaGate was just internet incels. Q is able to draw normies. Which is why it is a weird, dangerous conspiracy that people should be paying attention to. Though I, I, part of my concern about Q is not so much about thinking about them as a community uh, and their ability to necessarily even organize and produce action, because I do think that there are too many, you know, inconsistencies. I think if you really put all of the Pizzagate people with all of the wine moms, um, they would not have a good time. That would not be a fun pizza party. Uh, <laughs> So, and I, but I don't think that's what actually makes Q dangerous. I think what makes Q dangerous is that it's it's this conspiracy theory that you don't actually need to agree with anybody involved. It's a, any, you can just stick to the wall. You can be, you know, sitting in your own apartment, you know, angry at the pedophiles. And then the German, you know, Q people can be, you know, angry about, you know, the resurrected helmet coal that, you know, Q brought about and, uh, and, you know, and, the, and ne'er the twain shall meet. And that's and it still functions. So that's my, that's my concern is that like if there's a schism, is that actually going to do anything to stop it, or is it actually could that force it to propagate even further? Mm, I, I think know. the more cues, I think Q is, has an exponential relationship to Qism. I think the yeah the other insidious nature about Q is its is its omni meta quality where it's not just one conspiracy; it's all the conspiracies in one conspiracy. And yeah. anytime you try and break it, uh, you know, you it just becomes part of the conspiracy. Uh, so, yeah, there's this weird hyper-normalizing gray goo-like aspect to it. I even saw, so Hassan Piker did a thing where he, like, went to one of the Netflix uh, 
you know, Q protests and just kind of went with his camera and, you know, had his mask on and uh, did all that jazz. And, you know, uh, you know, just watching him do that for an hour and just the people talking, like you could even see within those, that group at the Netflix protest because of cuties, like, uh, you know, you could see the Q people going at each other. You know, they were still in the same rally, but they were people at signs against other Q people. They were like, oh no, not, we don't want the new age Q people. We're the OG Q people. And uh, it's it's a, uh, and yet, you know, no violence. They all seem to get along fairly well, but you know, it's, these lines are already being drawn. Yeah, yeah. I'm an orthodox. Also, Hassan Piker is very hot. More yeah, Hassan Piker's a daddy. We have uh, icons that we put up on our wall in the Orthodox queue, uh, <laughs> Eastern Orthodox queue. Um, uh, different hats. Uh, we need to get Q to the point where all the people are basically just have different hats, and that's the extent. <laughs> so the Catholicizing of Q. <laughs> just you know, make it a hat-based thing. It is a hat based, but thing, uh, just the, like, uh, October, as Dennis Leary once observed. <laughs> yeah, October seventeenth was supposed to be a very big day in the Q world. It was supposed to be the day that Trump would announce that his vice president was actually going to be JFK Jr. <laughs> but it didn't happen. And, oh no! Uh, I guess I got to get on Eight Chan and figure out what's going to happen. But um, uh, okay, so I don't like. I haven't been that far into the Q, but like. Why do they want JFK Jr.? Like, why is JFK Jr. good? Why is he good? He, I don't know. It, it's like, I feel it's like a Seth Rich situation. Like, he was silenced for knowing too much, and he's been mm -hmm. laying low, and it's like he's been waiting for the right time to reemerge. Um, I forget why specifically it's JFK Jr. I think, I mean, I can guess that JFK Jr. is sort of like, and the image of the Kennedys is the last image of a great America that most people have. Like, when people think of the last time America was truly, when people say MAGA, I think a lot of people think about the Eisenhower 50s or the, the Kennedy 60s. You know, we're going to conquer the moon. You know, anything is possible. You know, we're young and we're filled with Addison's disease and, and speed. And we're gonna go to the moon, you know. Um, but and are, so I are think Republicans that's why reminiscent of Kennedy. Yeah, mm. I absolutely. I the people that believe in Q are absolutely. Okay. Like I think because Q pulls from all sides. It pulls from that weird, you know. I I think most people don't really have coherent political ideologies, which is why they can like Kennedy and why they can like Reagan and why they can like Martin Luther King Jr you know, all in the same sentence without really evaluating their politics, just more what they stood for or how they made them feel, which I think is really all, also the goal of a politician, to make people feel a certain way, you know? Uh, and Kennedy made people feel like you were safe with your big dick daddy, you know? Uh, Lyndon Johnson was your abusive big dick daddy, which is why he's not as fondly remembered. He would, you, he would beat you over the head with his flaccid penis. Well, he but, actually yeah, had a big dick. He that's did, also yeah, famously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why I think JFK Jr. And why, like, the Democrats keep... And JFK Jr. was, like, the last effectual Kennedy. Like, he's not, like, in that he was, like, handsome and had that crazy, just oozed that charisma. Like, even if... Was he... He didn't even have a political career, right? Who? JFK Jr. No. Not, no, he, like, made a magazine. Yeah, it's like the extent of his career, and, and he yeah. had like a, 
he had like a relationship with a blonde lady who yelled at him all the time. Hell yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of pictures of them in Central Park arguing. <laughs> Maybe that's why he crashed his plane. <laughs> he was doing that out of spite. <laughs> if, I, if you don't shut up, I'm crashing. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm bringing this plane home. Um, yeah. The, yeah so I was trying to think of a straight to the moon joke, Alice, but I, I couldn't do it. We're going kind of to the moon, Alice. We're going to conquer the moon, We're Alice. We're to the earth, Alice. Uh, a freaking... Yeah, but it's also... It's JFK Jr. because it's also the JFK conspiracy. Because QAnon is the ultimate conspiracy. It's all conspiracies in one. Yeah. It's the kingdom hearts of conspiracies, you know? You play a little spiky-haired boy that's trying to stop Xehanort, who's a child trafficker, from going to the different conspiracy worlds. And you can go to JFK world. And you can go to Moon Landing is Fake world. And you can go to 5G conspiracy world. And all of these are part of the all-consuming QAnon kingdom hearts. Uh, I'm... This sounds great, actually. I would play this. And, like, oh, my God. You could go to JFK Jr. and, like, the special partner you get is Jack Ruby. Oh, my God. I would love to play Conspiracy He has to have have no pants on like Donald Duck. (laughs) Let's get on the RPG Maker and make a QAnon video game. Uh, I I bet there are already QAnon video games. I just Googled it. I don't think that there's an article about how it works like a video game. But mm. I don't think there is a video game. I mean, there, it is not. A, there isn't one on Newgrounds. Um, I don't. I I'm not. No, that was one. that was a joke. That was the last time I basically played a video game was when Newgrounds was a thing. So I will admit, uh, I, I had tapped out on those. I I was on Newgrounds recently because uh, the movie, oh. a remake of the movie Rebecca. The Hitchcock movie Rebecca came out. Uh, I forget who made it, but it made me think of a Newgrounds uh, cartoon from long, long ago, also called Rebecca, which is filthy and terrible, and I love it, and I recommend anyone to look it up. Is it also based off the Daphne du Maurier novel? It sure is. Sure is. <laughs> well, I'll say that with ex- extreme <clears throat> confidence. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's I also, taught Rebecca in my Hitchcock class, and it was universally the late, most hated of all of the Hitchcock movies I showed in my Hitchcock class. Hmm. What is the what is Re- I've never seen Rebecca. It's uh, it's it's um, it's good. It's kind of boring. Uh, it's black and white. It's a little slow. It's a British production, uh, but it's good. All right. What's the what's the plot? Does you know Becky? Uh, young young trouble? girl gets a meets rich man who is widower. He takes her back to his mansion in foreign land, and then it gets spooky. That's a problematic Ooh. relationship. Spooky. That's yeah. like Alex Morse. <laughs> is that the name of the uh, of the mayor, the gay mayor who like was on Tinder and like trying to date someone four years younger Alex than him? Alex Morse was being problematic, so he lost an election. There you go. Yep. Yeah, he, he was he was he was Brian Singer in all over the place. The yeah. Brian Singer of Massachusetts. They he was call trying it. to the masked Brian Singer. No, <laughs> masked. Oh no, the masked Brian Singer. I'm X Man. Wouldn't it be funny if one of the masked Singer people was Brian Singer? <laughs> and like they ch- Brian Singer and they the cops chase him off stage like a bunch of Keystone cops with uh, yeah. <laughs> waving. <laughs> Get him! He's child trafficking. Just like a Benny Hill sketch. 
<laughs> Catch the pedo. Catch the Hollywood pedo. Uh, wow. I can't believe Brian Singer has not had a total crash yet. There's been uh, at least four separate years with that Wikipedia has dedicated for allegation, allegations of sexual abuse. There's like 1997 sexual abuse allegations, 2014 sexual abuse allegations, 2017 sexual abuse allegations, 2019. He's and got still, enough money to live forever and settle a bunch more lawsuits, so... I don't know. Well. And they don't take the gay ones as seriously, it seems. Like, remember when Kevin Spacey's accuser just straight up died and then the... Mm -hmm. uh, the and then he was like, the I, I guess, that, guess that means I'm innocent. <laughs> the best was, like, he got accused and, like, rather... And his first thing was like, listen, guys, I need to tell you all something. I'm gay. <laughs> like, that would... <laughs> oh, oh, he's... <laughs> Aww. And just He's like gay. Jordan he Peterson, <laughs> nah, just like Jordan Peterson, he likes him young. Ho, ha! oh, oh, oh no, it's bad. But I wanted to tie it back to Lobster Boy because this is a callback from earlier in the episode. Well, and actually, speaking of the lobster thing, because I know you guys had your dark web episode a while mm -hmm. back, and mm -hmm. another person who is very uh, involved in lobster metaphors is Gilles Deleuze. Gilles Deleuze Ooh. has hundreds of pages of philosophical treaties on the nature of the lobster uh, in a much different way than Peterson does. Uh, it's more of a metaphor for him about how, you know, we are something that is constructed. We are a singularity that is multiple. So there's, it's a very different metaphor, but just kind of, it seems there's a lot of lobsters around in the uh, IDW these days. <laughs> uh, so, so what does what what does Gilles Deleuze say about the lobster? What's a specific anecdote anecdote that you can tell me? Uh, well, our, our friend Miles did a piece about this. It's actually, uh, when we did that sandwich show a number of years ago, that was the recording he did. But, you know, uh, uh, the shortest way I could put it is that one thing that Deleuze finds really interesting is that the he, they've got two claws, but the claws do very different things. And they have very different purposes, but they're both claws. And, you know, he's, you know, saying that, you know, like, a, and I can't, I don't remember all my lobster anatomy at this point. Uh, but, you know, Deleuze is all about how multiplicities, you know, we're not Crush trying to find a pincher. Hole. Yeah, we got, you got, you, we're, you know, these are two hands, but these hands can do different things. And I am not de determined by the fact that I have hands. I am de determined by the fact that my hands open a world of possibilities for new things that I could put in my hands. Uh, you know, he was a trippy guy. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time with him in my 20s, too. <laughs> uh, the other philosophy that I can think of is um uh dfw old david foster wallace who has become i i i love the david foster wallace memes about yeah. how he's just like for basic men who are like oh he, it's like you know how like every basic man likes fight club well they mm. also love infinite jests for some reason even though no basic dude i know likes infinite jests it's about tennis and footnotes <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's got this weird association right with this little like broy thing and like he was not that way and also i i can guarantee you if anybody who picked up jordan peterson's 12 rules for living your life decided the next book they were going to read was infinite jest they would not get very far <laughs> um i like long books i can handle this <laughs> um freaking what did 
what did old David Foster Wallace say in Consider the Lobster? What was his... Th- I never read that. But now I'm curious. Yeah, I didn't people, read it either. People seem to like David Foster Wallace a lot. They see, they see him as a guru of modernism, sort of, you know, as a guy that failed to heed his own lessons about navigating uh, a disjointed and, and more uh, alienating life. It's a collection of essays, and some of them are reviews, so... One of them is titled Consider the Lobster, though. And, like, what's that one about? What's that essay about? um, From Wikipedia, it says it's concerned with the ethics of boiling a creature alive in order to enhance the consumer's pleasure. Hmm. That's what it's about. Well, yeah, but that's totally outdone by the fact that most chefs practice, as we know, is to crush the brain first before you boil it. Because the fear of boiling actually spoils the lobster meat. What? The fear? Well, it's, well yeah, because the idea is that if you, if you boil the lobster, uh, it, it, the meat is going to get tough for a period of time because it's going to get in shock. It will experience at least some level of pain. Uh, it's, it's the same with slaughtering any animal, right? Like you don't, you have to kind of let the meat relax before you would put it onto the market because it will tense up. Uh, uh-huh. Whereas stabbing it right through the brain, the argument is that uh, it kills it immediately. There's no pain, and so it doesn't have that muscle ret- uh, retraction hmm. thing. I never considered the method of execution as a way of either of toughening your meat. Yeah, well, because told, yeah. if you suffer, the adrenaline rushes through your body, and then your muscles contract naturally. Hmm. Well, it happens with anything, right? Like we we all know about you know rigor mortis. Yeah. No, it, I know. Oh, I. Oh, I do I? <laughs> um, it's Halloween. It's our Halloween episode. It's spooky. It's spooky. Is it our Halloween episode? No, technically. Uh, well, no, I guess technically, we'll. Yeah, Halloween's gonna be on Saturday. So yeah. our next. Oh, I would. Then I would have put on my Halloween costume. We could, we could go put on my Halloween just, costume. We could just say it if you had it on. Halloween costume. You Jay, is, Jay has left the Zoom chat and uh, is presumably uh, putting on his Halloween Alex, costume. Alex, who are you going to be for Halloween? I'm a plague doctor. I got a plague doctor costume. I am going to be a stay-at-home dad for Halloween. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, I am. Can't give, you can't give trick-or-treats to no stinking... <laughs> Nice. What is that? Are you Sailor this Mercury? This is actually my yesterday, my last year's Halloween costume where I was James from Team Rocket. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this was easier than putting on my actual uh, Halloween costume, which will be oh, Rain yeah. from Mortal Kombat. Oh, because of the masks. Yeah. There you go. And oh, I have cool. a purple tunic. You have a purple tunic? Is is Maxime going as a, another Mortal Kombat? Is he going as Ermac? Well, as, you know, a... Good theater kid. I don't know which way this wig is supposed to go on. Um, my current romantic relationship is far less important on Halloween than my other theater kid friends agreeing to dress up together. Okay. <laughs> so, so he can either also... conform or stay home. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I want to... Uh, uh, which... which uh, so are you going as all the Mortal Kombat ninjas? Yeah, I think that's the idea is we all picked a color. Okay. We're all going to wear a mask. And since we're all... We're actually in full lockdown. Like, you're not allowed to see other people in Montreal right now. Uh, mm. Like you can't see, you can see one other person. Uh, so it'll be some terrible Zoom nightmare. Yay, Spooky. you'll all be identical Spooky. color ninjas on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, just like playing the original Mortal Kombat. Um, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt to walk. It's just gonna be, 
Uh, it's going to be on a Saturday, so I'm just going to walk around in a costume. Hmm. I'm yeah, not it's not scary. House. Just see not... other people, see other people walk around in a costume. No, I'm I'm banking a lot on Halloween. For I, for some reason, October October's good. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin pulled out his Tubin. Frickin' Evo Morales got elected. Uh, no, it's, it's not everything's happening. Yeah, it wasn't Evo who got elected. His party. Be accurate. Moss. Be precise. Edipa Moss. Uh, frickin' uh, and uh, what else happened? Rudy Giuliani got caught. Also, oh, yeah. putting his putt out with Borat. I don't Borat, think I want to watch Borat yet. too. I don't Why? know. Why? Oh, I definitely want to watch Borat. Yeah. Too. Ah, you don't like Borat? You don't like Sasha Baron Cohen? I didn't Cohen? like the original Borat, and let me tell you why. Because okay. growing up in Texas, Borat one was not taken as a in, uh, was not taken well, in my opinion. It was <laughs> it was used as an excuse for virulent anti-Semitism in my school. And at one point, I had to play the the chords for Throw the Jew Down the Well for an entire bus of people who were not singing it ironically. And I, after that experience, I was like, I don't, I don't really like Borat. I think, I don't think the, that the kid, the the fourteen year old kids, are really getting the joke. Uh, no. Is there no. I mean, I had almost the opposite experience in my high school. I went to a high school of mostly suburban Jewish kids, and so they loved it also for all the wrong reasons, but it became their, you know, just the most off-quoted bro thing in the world. Yeah. And so I was just like, all those damn, uh, all the straight people like it. It must be bad. Hmm. Right. And then I realized well, I it was had... actually great. I went to a school that was half white supremacists and half Jews, uh, and they were both singing "Throw the Jew Down the Well," and they didn't know they didn't know any better. I guess they have your Team Rocket shirt there. Nice. Uh, Jay has just uh, come into frame with a Team Rocket shirt and a blue wig, uh, embodying James and uh, the midriff. One, and the midriff. Authentic midriff. Authentic <laughs> midriff. Uh, team Rocket. Although, didn't he have some sort of uh, black black shirt underneath? Jesse rocked a midriff. Well, no, I think it was just a shadow. It's been, I mean, last year I wore a black shirt underneath because I was chilly and there I live go. in Canada. Mm. But yes, I, I, I am convinced that Sasha Baron Cohen is some kind of genius. Uh, he is also trained in clown, which I respect deeply. Right. French yeah. clown, the training of a French clown. Yeah. He went to Le Coq, which <laughs> is the funniest name of a school. <laughs> the cock. It's French for the cock. It is. <laughs> and it's not even uh, about the bird. It's just about miming dicks. Yes. Just, uh, dicks Dick everywhere. Mime. That's a Aziz Ansari joke, isn't it? Is it? Oh, I'm miming dicks everywhere. Don't go on a date with me. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, do so, I do sex so bad, girls try and write articles about me. <laughs> can you imagine being so bad at sex that you are accused of sexual assault? Because I can believe that as he's on sorry. Have you, e ladies, ladies, <laughs> have you ever, hey. have you ever uh, fingered such a dry pussy that you get accused of sexual I think, like, that's a thing, though. Like, if you have, like, it's maybe not an assault, but if you've had, like, a consensual but extremely disappointing sexual experience, uh, Particularly as a passive partner, you can just be like, "Yeah, no, I just I cancel that dick." 
<laughs> You're well, off the market. You can't. Apparently, you can cancel, but not forever, because um, I was just saying Louis C.K. is playing gigs. Uh, uh, he's scheduling stand-up Doing shows. outdoor gigs or, like, so indoor gigs? I, I, uh, I saw this because Stavros from Come Town, which I listened to, was promoting a show he's doing, and I went to that because I was like, why, why are they doing indoor shows? This is a place in Philadelphia, and lo and behold, Louis C.K. also playing the same place, indoor shows, Philadelphia. So That's insane. Uh, yeah, but we hasn't don't care. Louis C.K. been basically doing the clubs for like years now i guess so i thought i i get but i guess just not getting any coverage in the mainstream media um but yeah i guess so uh but right before covid was that whole thing where he went on that bad asian joke and then he made like the bad sjw jokes and that became the thing where it's like louis ck came back but he's now he's alt right and i was like i don't think that's what's happening but no, also he was just working out some bad material oh here we go yeah. josh hart there's an interview with josh hartnett about Louis C.K. Josh Hartnett what? says Louis C.K. has been pretty shameless in making a comeback after sexual misconduct scandal. No, J- Josh. Josh Hartnett. Not Josh You're Hartnett. tearing him apart, Josh. My go-to for comedy news, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. Uh, I Do I care that... I don't care that Louis C.K. still has a meager career. I, uh, I really don't care. I think what he did was shitty... I think he should get to be a millionaire and, like, contribute to the cultural conversation at the level that he did because of what he did. But can he still, you know, eke out, like, a couple hundred grand a year doing shitty tours? Yeah, I don't care. Well, a different person, actress Ellen Barkin, said that she hopes Louis C.K. gets shot. Great. (laughs) (laughs) All of these, like, B-tier actors really have a lot of takes on... uh... (laughs) On Louis C.K. all of a sudden. I, I guess, did Googled did it. Ellen Barkin say it on Twitter? Uh, let's see. Uh, where, who are, where are they getting these quotes from? Do they specific? Quick, we gotta know yeah, what Ellen Barkin tweet, thinks about she, Louis C.K. She tweeted it. That there tweets, you go. She later deleted the tweets, but yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I think he should be shot. He's not even the worst one out of a, I mean, I'm not forgiving what Louis and, C.K. did. And raped. But, she said, I hope he gets raped and shot. That's that's more <laughs> that's, than what he did. <laughs> yeah, that I guess seems the question like for a me, disproportionate punishment. Yeah, it just it's like it's what is the act, right? Like that's and who's going to see it? That's what I'm really like. At the end of the day, do I need to go? Am I probably ever going to watch another hour long Louis C.K. special? Probably not. Just the same way, like I'm not going to watch another Woody Allen movie. I'm sure they're fine. Oh, I'm sure yes, they're Woody Allen. Are you going to watch the new Woody Allen movie, A Rainy Day in no. New York, with Timothée Chalamet? Woody Allen was uh, trying to molest him, but then he... Oh, you're just a very pretty man. Oh, I thought you were a young girl. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, a penis. (laughs) He's like, except he was kind of into it. You got to keep upping the ante, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. Woody Allen, he's QAnon. Uh, He's part of the whole QAnon conspiracy. child trafficking. He is. There are lots of Jewanons, like Brace Belden, uh, CIA. <laughs> Brace Belden is CIA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jewanon is an on. Hundo. Yeah. Hundo percento. Hundo p. Yeah. yeah he got CIA like up when he was with the Kurds. 
famously well supported by the CIA Kurdish population. Very supported by the CIA. (laughs) Especially those Kurds. Like, it's not those Kurds that the CIA likes. The CIA likes the Iraqi Kurds. Right, Mm. the Christian ones, right? Yeah. They don't like the weird anarcho-syndicalist, like, you know, Murray Bookchkin fucking reading. I I have a friend from high school who who spent some time with the Iraqi Kurds. He actually, like, lived there for a year, and he was driven around in, like, this limousine with a... He said it was a literal billionaire Kurd who was the most racist person he had ever met, and they would do coke (laughs) in in this limo. And, uh, yeah, they're very crazy... Um, he said it was pretty safe, the safest part of Iraq you can be. Uh, oh, for sure. There. Uh, and that's been, that was, that's been like that since, um, you know, before the actual Iraq war. That was, uh, they got a lot of those protections after the whole Kuwait incidents with, uh, with Bush Sr. Mm. Uh, and have long become allies of the, I mean, it's also, well, you can't blame them. They're like sitting around, they're surrounded by, they're an ethnic minority surrounded by a bunch of fucking people want to get rid of them. And if Americans said, we'll take care of you, I'd probably yeah. take that deal. Well, that's the same logic they use for Israel, Jay. Think about what, think about your words. Think about your words before you say that. Hey, might makes right. Okay, Israel's okay with me. <laughs> so, my friend, uh, my, some of my girlfriends right before we went under lockdown were like, maybe I will consider, you know, going on a date. You know, I haven't gotten laid in eight months. Maybe I'll go on Tinder. And apparently the stories I've been getting is that all the Tinder profiles have gotten way weirder than you thought they would. And she just had a guy who she swiped right on who was cute. And he just kept spamming her, would you die for Palestine? <laughs> over and over again. Well, that's cool. That is pretty right? hot. It's it was Hassan Piker. <laughs> it's called Dirty Talk. <laughs> would you die for Palestine? Would you do- it's the It's the Curb Your Enthusiast. Fuck me, you Jew bastard. Fuck me like your people fuck my country. <laughs> uh, there's this great uh, art porn by a guy called Bruce LeBruce, Canadian pornographer, and it's oh, and he's like it, such a fuck you. He has in one of his porno movies, uh, which is all about uh, gay Nazi skinheads fucking each other. Uh, it opens with a straight sex scene, which is this big, you know, controversy, and it's just and it's hilarious because it's clearly a gay actor, uh, and the woman is just like, but she's just going. Fuck me, fuck me for the revolution, Rolf. And that's uh, that's been a line I've used for a very long time. Fuck me for the revolution, Rolf. Uh, a, a lobster. Um, the other lobster thing that I can think about is the Colin Farrell movie. Uh, the the uh, yeah. what's his name? Fuck, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Panos Rastakis. Uh, Stavros Halkius, the director Stavros Halkius, who also directed no, the favorite. No, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's got, I am, I also have a computer. Steven is not uh, the only one who has the power. Yeah, Dogtooth, uh, the favorite, uh, the killing of a sacred deer, which I love. Yeah, uh, what's that guy makes good name? movies. Greek, Greek fella. <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos Lanthimos, yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. Um... Yeah, the lobster. Uh, that movie's great. I like all of Yorgos Lanthimos's movies. They're weird and they're sort of off-putting, but I, that's the point. Uh, but trying to tie these themes back together, the point of the lobster is that you must find your mate within a specific time, or else you get turned into an animal. This weird sci-fi right. commune, 
and you know uh, Colin Farrell, the protagonist animal, is a lobster, you know that he's gonna turn into. Um, and I think you know uh, with the Jordan Peterson theory of male lobsterness, I think this is very funny. You know, the lobster is this model of uh, this alpha in a social hierarchy, and how um, even though uh, Yorgos Lanthimos's movie predates this. It sort of still presents this image of this insect only motivated by pain and crushing and destruction as <laughs> the ultimate endpoint to your alienation from women. Well, I mean, I think it's if you're there. feeling alienated from women, you should just cover yourself in garlic butter and you'll be fine. There you go. Mm. If you're feeling alienated from women, you should just crack open your head with a set of steel tongs. They love their garlic. Yeah. Frankly, I've <laughs> I've been tempted to buy some lobster because I recently bought a sous vide machine and I'm playing around with my sous vide machine. Ooh, and buy Mac lobster. But I can't get I can't fucking buy East Coast lobster. I can't buy Atlantic lobster. This this is the true tragedy of the Nick. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> that I am too have too many qualms to support this fishing industry anymore. But how else will I know it whether it's better cooked at 118 degrees or 117 degrees, guys? Come on. You gotta you gotta get your sous vide bags. That's how I'd like to go. I'd like to die by being sous vide to death. I um, recently did that to a stuffed animal. Um so Alex will know that I have a, a an increasing collection of stuffed animals that I never purchased for myself. Uh, but my mother keeps, every time I move to a different city, my mother gives me a new, more cumbersome stuffed animal that's difficult yeah. to move with me. And it's always and gave, strange. It's not like a normal one. There's always something slightly off about them. Yeah, so she recently gave me a four foot tall elephant plushie. Good. Uh, and I, she insisted I take it back with me the last time I visited Toronto, and I couldn't figure out a way to get it on the train, so I put it in a giant vacuum seal bag and then just, like, watched the life out of this stuffed elephant just get, like, sucked into itself and its eye pop out, and it was extremely disturbing. See, that's how we're going to do interstellar travel is we're all going to vacuum seal ourselves so that we're ultra-compact uh, to be sent across uh, the space-time continuum. It's Puggy. This Jay is Puggy. has just walked into frame of the Zoom call with um it it's a pug it's a pug stuffed animal but its frame is made out of cardboard or something. It's it has a foam frame which makes it hard to the touch. Huh. Uh which oh. is it's not squishy. <laughs> sort of off-putting. He's got a squishy but butt, it, but he's oh. got a really hard head. And it's also surprisingly lifelike, which gives it that sort of uncanny valley thing going on, which is, uh, that's just one of the wonderful animals yeah. that Jay's mother bestows upon him. Get, get her to get you a stuffed lobster next time. Mm. I will. I've I been will craving sure. a, a lobster roll. I want to go to Cape Cod and get a $30 lobster roll brought to me by some snooty waitress. You got a Cape Cod? Yeah. I got a, a, got a coffin to your lobster roll. The in Cape order to Cod, give you the coffee on Cape Cod. The Cape Cod Gay Pride time is is one of the biggest times there. Provincetown. I, that, yeah. I, oh, I yeah, was in Provincetown in the run-up to it, and it was packed. It would be a great time to go get some very expensive uh, lobster rolls, pay too much money for a -town. tiny little sandwich. <laughs> gay lobster rolls. <laughs> it's a fun town. Yeah. I've been craving a lobster roll too, but you know, I'll see it in two years. I'll have another lobster roll. 
That's the dream. <laughs> the dream. We should help the Mi'kmaq fishermen so we can all have lobster again. We can all enjoy. <laughs> Dude, you should, That's guy... how you can get libs for indigenous stuff. Don't you want to eat luxury foods without feeling guilty? That's what the whole fair trade movement is about. Well, my whole strategy has been that actually you can get cheaper weed on the reserves. Really? <laughs> there you go. Well, I can't smoke weed right now, but but when I can Well, again, it's not that you can't. It's that you choose not to, and I respect that. Well, yeah, I'm choosing not to, but I'm also not supposed to to keep my sperm in tip-top condition. Yeah, got to keep your boys Because I'm trying to, get, trying to make a little one eventually, maybe soon. And um, apparently, if you smoke weed and then procreate, your baby comes out dumb. That's me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I've got more degrees than a broken compass, and I think that actually means I am more dumb but than think everybody about else. It. You could have been as smart as Ben Shapiro, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> but your but your dad smoked weed. I mean, I yeah. don't know. There there is a study that shows that um, weed uh, smoking weed can do something to the sperm that does something that may that may Motility. cause autism. No, it may cause it okay. may be partially a cause of autism, but it's That's yeah. Okay. I've seen those studies. I think that they're not terribly robust. I used to work in the medical marijuana industry, mm. so I used to kind of have to go through some of these. I have not found those incredibly convincing, but you know, also I have never been concerned about my sperm mobility. Yeah, uh, and I, don't I, I, I only have uh, heathen uh, sodomy sex. So if mm. I ever, I always said that if I ever got anybody pregnant, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> well, the thing is that uh, having one, having you think an autistic child might be kind of fun because you know they you don't need a tip calculator anymore, but <laughs> yeah, you don't never need a train schedule anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't you don't need to you don't need to you know look at see what kind of airplane you're about to get on. They're like that T three four nine. Um, but uh, you it, don't need the Yu-Gi-Oh wiki anymore. Yeah. You can just talk to your kid. Like, it's uh, like, you hey, wanna, kid, what does Dark Magician of Chaos do? You, you want to like, play paradox games like points. Europa Universalis Four, where you like controlling a map? That'll be. But it, I, with my <laughs> luck, it'd probably be one of those. You know, you need to brush them down, and they have a temper tantrum if you try to tell them. To if you touch them or something. <laughs> well, they're, they're, actually, most cases are all of those things, right? Uh, most people uh, who, you know, you meet who are, uh, you know, extremely, you know, what we what people often call high-functioning uh, uh, people with autism, uh, they often were not like that when they were children. Uh, right. My, my one of my dearest friends, her, you know, basically my sister, her uh, younger brother, uh, grew up autistic, nonverbal, all that stuff. You know, you would never know now, but it's it's always a journey. You know, it's not like a there's like an autism lottery where you're like, ooh, am I going to get the one that's going to win me the poker game? <laughs> oh hmm. my god, you you think people like started giving their kids like people heard that vaccines give kids autism and they were like, I'm going to give kids the most vaccines because I heard autism gives you superpowers. Some fucked up person did that, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get diseases you don't even have. You're going to get rubella, dengue fever. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I just read an article. It was like out of a reputable Canadian newspaper that was like, should we just have COVID parties? Like we have chicken pox parties for our mm. kids. No, there's a lot of dead kids. If you, if you, a lot of permanently lung damaged kids. So, like, this is this is not that far of a stretch. That sucks because COVID can trigger, um, like, uh, like really bad things like this can trigger autoimmune disorders that really stay with you. Um, 
Yeah, don't get COVID. It's not the chicken pox. It's not a disease I mean, that yeah. we grew, we evolved with over over thousands and thousands of years. It's some new shit. Yeah, I'm still some trying new... not to get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actively, oh, man. like, yeah. before we were back on, like, now that we're, like, fully, like, not allowed to do anything, but people were going fucking nuts before, and everyone's like, you're so uptight, dude. And I was like, no, it's still a virus. It's September. We could have. Here in we Quebec, they been actually opened all the schools. It's the only place in Canada where they're like, "There's no, there's no option for distance learning. There's no online thing. They're just like, all forty of you get back in that classroom a foot apart from each other with no masks on." Canada. Yeah, it's not a. It's not a paradise. Better than Sweden. Doing better than Sweden right now. I I love Sweden's total fuck up with is this Sweden, because is Sweden getting fucked up right now. They've been fucked up forever. They never, their shit never went down because they never did any lockdown measures. They're incredibly well, yeah, fucked they're, right now. They've always been better than the states, which has been a bad marker because everyone's like, Sweden never shut down. But if you also look at all of the neighboring countries yeah. around them, they are doing so much worse. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing cases are going up in Sweden. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The UK, the US, and Sweden are all fucked. Well, uh, France and Spain are both shut down again too. Like they're yeah. both fucked. But they tend to have better responses than these these jokers. Did you see this stuff going on in Italy with in like Naples and Barcelona? These big protests. They were getting violent with it against lockdown. Well, especially <laughs> they, Barcelona. Need... Yeah. Oh wait. Like they oh. were all, they were protests there every day before the fucking lockdown, right? Like they were all they were. There was a huge political tension between uh, the Catalan state and uh, the rest of Spain, and I don't think COVID is helping that at all. Yeah. Sometimes you need authoritarian state control over a country, so if you have an embattled population, then I get to take too kindly to that. Yeah, plague is, plague is like the main thing. I was uh, saying to my friend, plague is the main thing I, I like. You need a centralized government for it's really yeah. essential. You can't really, you can't let the market handle it. That's right. not, there's not going to be. A federation of states. Like if we, if we still had like the, you know, the loose confederation of states as we did from 1781 to 1787, they would have handled this just as bad or, well, worse than we did. Although that is what Trump sort of did. He was just like, the states will do it. We, each state yeah. can have their own policy. Well, yeah, it's bad also... across the board. Like the UK did something <laughs> similar to that too. Even Canada did something similar to like that. There has not really been in, in any major Western country until more recently, but especially at the beginning where everyone said, yeah, no, we'll let our provinces do it. Because <sighs> uh, nobody, everyone wanted, and that's why all the testing got fucked up because everybody wanted to pass the buck. Yeah. That's silly. There, if you need some, this is the time, again, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, Trudeau or Trump or whatever, but it does make sense that when the shit hits the fan, that there should be somebody who's in charge who's responsible. Yep. Um, I we're nearing the end of the episode. It's almost at ninety minutes. We'll there is there. something that I wanted to mention, mm. Jay, that you were on because you mentioned your friend before who got really into Jordan Peterson. Speaking of autism, uh, I just wanted to tell this one anecdote of this guy, which you told to me. And to paint you a picture, this guy's like five foot two, looks and talks like Millhouse, uh, very extremely muscle bound as well. Uh, shredded, like yeah, just shredded. worked out twenty four hours a day as a way to get rid of his anxiety, which didn't work. 
Um, on like and, oxies too. You don't hear a lot yeah. about people like working out on oxies. Yeah, he was on painkillers from like a car crash. He got addicted to painkillers, but then he just started really working out while addicted to painkillers, which is very strange. Nice. Uh, but one time he got an apartment and. I, <laughs> I know exactly uh, what you're going to tell. Well, just it's the only time I heard this phrase where it says, I was talking to my landlady and she was the victim of some male violence. Uh, it's 64 punches to the spine. <laughs> 64 <laughs> elbows to the spine. 64 elbows to the spine. Um, yeah, so, and that always stuck with me. One, the phrase victim of, uh, I just ne male never violence. heard the phrase male violence before as like a qualifier. And uh, also the 64 elbows to the spine. So Was it in uh, a ring? Were they in a ring? No. No, no so uh, she was... <laughs> The way he and the, the only reason it's really funny is because this is a guy too who would like call me at one in the morning, zand out after drinking a case of beer, and he'd be like, "Oh, oh, hey Jay, oh, I got a new roommate. Oh, that's cool." And he's like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool, except uh, she was also a, a victim of male violence." And I was like, "Male violence?" He's like, "Yeah, sixty-nine elbows to the spine." And I was just like, "What?" Oh no. Did he so get... he was the reason he got the apartment was as he was basically like part time for a caregiver. She was disabled. She became disabled after the male violence uh, incident, which is oh. not funny. Uh, but this just very zanned out, uh, clueless guy's choice of adjectives is always a way to make me chuckle. But so, also the oh, fact God. that he was a Jordan Peterson dude on top of this. Well, he wasn't. You were trying to talk him out of it. And it didn't take because well, it was so weird because he was like really because uh, I was uh, we were the same age, but I was uh, I was in grad school and he was finishing his undergrad and he and he was like he kept coming to me to be like teach me about Marxism, teach me about Derrida, teach me about Deleuze, teach me about Freud, and I'm like okay, and then he's also like I'm also really into Jordan Peterson, and I was like those uh, you're gonna have to make a choice, buddy. <laughs> he did eventually, and he did. And it was, uh, was it with Peterson. Peterson's easier to understand, probably. Yeah, it's just like it has meaning. It has maps of. Meaning. I don't know. I think I'm probably one of the 15 people in the world who actually read his his dissertation slash his first book. Uh, maps of meaning. And it's not that easy to read. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not. It's you don't. Say, is this not the guy who's like criticizing Foucault for being dense? By the way, I've got. Puppet Foucault and Puppet Deleuze having some wine together. It's pretty great. Um, uh, but, like, it's not. Like, he's all like, oh, well, when Schopenhauer said that the, this is the, the sexual chaos of the woman, which is why I'm like, this reads like every fucking French guy I've ever read my whole life, so. <laughs> sexual chaos of the woman. <laughs> Thank you, Jay, for being on uh, this week's episode, a very lobster-heavy episode of House of Decline, do you have anything to plug or do you want to remain pseudo-anonymous? I'll remain pseudo-anonymous. I don't think we said anything too bad, but I do technically teach at a public educational institution, so I should probably, you know, keep a certain amount of uh, whatever. Also, uh, it's been a pleasure. I've been uh, happy to be on the pod. Uh, great to meet you, Stephen. Uh, finally, Thank you. you're one of the few people who I've heard their voice and I saw their face and I'm like, that's kind of the face I imagine. Oh, well, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a handsome voice you're a handsome man that was it's not oh, like when i listened you. to the chapos and i finally saw the chapos and i was like "Ooh, all of you look like melted like figurines <laughs> in a microwave yeah they look weird oh 
Yeah, but that's why it's okay for them to make fun of other people's appearances is because they all look fucking weird as hell. Well, yeah, that's I why I can't have a podcast because I'm so fucking hot. Yeah. yeah, you should have a video. You should have a TV show. But <laughs> let me finish the episode by just plugging again that show Barbarians. Really good stuff. <laughs> really good. Fun stuff with the Roman pagan, or sorry, uh, German pagans fighting the Roman pagans and they're crucifying people and uh, it's great cool stuff I'll take it i take most of my tv show recommendations from Liz. I, that's the reason why i watched uh the uh what was the autism dating show on Netflix? oh yeah uh love on the spectrum <laughs> love on the spectrum i watched it because you sang its praises so now it, i will watch barbarian it made me that, right. that show made me cry <laughs> it was uh, and it all ties back to autism yeah Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. 69 lobster. elbows to the back. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. What?